Hey, it's Anita, and this is Bitcoin and Co. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin and Co. podcast, where it is my pleasure to have guests from Africa speaking about Bitcoin in their countries. This time, I'm talking about Bitcoin in South Africa with Greg Basi, the founder of Crypto University and the Hardcore Crypto YouTube channel. If you have a question or want to give feedback, send an email to hello at anitaposch.com, that's posh without a C, or visit anita.link85 to send a voice message. I love hearing from you. If you like the show, please contribute, share the episode on social media and write a recommendation on Apple Podcasts. You can do that even if you do not have an iPhone. It only takes minutes and helps to spread the word about Bitcoin. Thank you. Before I start the interview with Gray, I'm playing a message from Miss Aura. I'm sure you can remember her from episode 83. We started a call for Bitcoin donations for her school in Zimbabwe that had to be closed down due to the corona pandemic and a lack of funding. Let's hear how it worked out. Thanks, Anita. So we did this call for donations because my school, St. Anne's, um, sadly had to shut its school premises down, which has been our home for 72 years because of the impact of COVID-19 and losing, you know, a majority of students who are not able to participate in distance learning. And it just all became a bit overwhelming. So we had to close our school down. But now fast forward, um, we initially got a huge round of donations um, at the beginning of COVID. We managed to raise 1,500. And with that, we managed to launch our distance learning program. Right now, our children are writing exams, although in a tent in a field, They're writing exams in a tent in a field because we don't have a place. But now we've managed to find a place. And um, we had asked for a call for donations to help us raise the money required for the deposit and to move into the school. Because the students that we currently have that we were teaching through distance learning um, were not enough for us. And we weren't charging full school fees either. So it wasn't enough for us to... Um, you know, raise enough money for the deposit and for us to actually move into the new premises so that all our students can come back. Um, so we did the call of, uh, for donations and it has been overwhelmingly amazing. We managed to raise $2,670.73. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that was like, you know, we needed at least um, $1,500 just for us to settle the rent and the deposit. Um And then now we have enough to also move like all our furniture because our furniture is in two different storage locations. Um, if I can have the liberty to say they're with our families. So our families, my family has taken, is holding some stuff in their storeroom in another city called Chegutu. And um, my boss's family is also holding the other half of the stuff in storage in their garage. So now just the transport to get it from point A to B was going to be a lot. So We can now pay that. We can now also set up a well-equipped sick bay in case anyone gets sick. We can buy PPE for all our teachers. We can do so much more than I had anticipated. So <laughs> I'm really happy. And I'm so deeply, 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 deeply grateful for everyone who made a donation, um, whether you're an organization or an individual. 
just know that everyone from St. Anne's, we are so grateful. We thank you with all our heart. Um, and that's in Shona. Siabonga, that's in Devele. We are, we, are, we are really grateful. I don't know what other language I can possibly say it in, but um, thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I promise this will, this will not... This will not end here because for every seed that's planted, it has a ripple effect. And so just by extension, you have not just saved the school, you have saved its students, you have saved its staff and all their, you know, families, because now we can protect our staff adequately, you know, properly, properly without having to like make a plan. And you've protected those children's families. So really and truly, you've made a ripple effect into a community of more than 200 people. If we really look at it, the number of people who are impacted as a ripple effect by this donation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of words, <laughs> but I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah, I also think it's fantastic. And it proves that the Bitcoin community is a very generous community and is giving back to, to not only a project like yours, a school in Zimbabwe. Otherwise, without Bitcoin, it would not have been possible for you to raise this money from outside. You're not allowed in a way and you, you have currency controls and banks that are not working. So I find it fantastic. I also say thank you to all the listeners, the individuals who donated. And also I want to give a shout out to Tim Akinbo, a Bitcoin core developer. He was also a guest of mine in one of the podcast episodes. And he was great because he heard our call, our first one. And he offered to install a BTC Pay server that makes it possible that people uh, pay with Bitcoin and Lightning and you get the money directly into your wallet. So thank you, Tim. Yes, thank you, Tim. Tim, we've got a special honor in store for you. You and Anita, and um, I'll, I'd like to also shout out Chris, um, who also would also just check in quite a bit just to find out how the students are doing and how school's doing. Like we have very special plans for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you will keep us posted about the new plans and what you're doing, I guess, here and there, a picture maybe, or just telling us what's going on. Absolutely. So um, just a quick update. We have managed to sign our lease, which is very exciting. Um, so we've officially signed our lease. I'll, when I get the lease, I'll take a picture of the front page so you guys can see that we are all about this life. Um, and then uh, right now, I think they're just finishing up um, getting the school ready. So I haven't been able to go back. But as soon as I go back, definitely going to share some pictures. Um, mm -hmm. Also, what's really exciting, if I can just add this, it's really random, but it means a lot. We can now afford a sign. We've never really had a sign for our school. <laughs> so now we're going to get a sign, which is exciting. So I'll take a picture of the sign. You guys yeah. are going to have a really hard time keeping up with the updates because I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Great. How did you manage to exchange Bitcoin to US dollar this time? So this was through, um, I don't know, is it called peer-to-peer -peer trading? I think, yes. So we, we, we got help um, from the Bitcoin community here in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And we will we were then able to... Um, sell our Bitcoin in exchange for US dollars. So that's how we managed to get it out. Although we didn't take it all out. I'm smarter now than I was before because I've realized the value of Bitcoin is not only in just being able to get receive money and take it out, but it's also in letting it sort of try and accrue a bit of interest and sort of trying to you know create almost like a savings culture, like a store of value for the school. So we're going to try and save as much of that 
um, for a rainy day, at the very least, just for an extra month of rent if we can't. But yeah, I'm going to try and really sort of measure it and keep something in there so that, you know, we continue to build wealth and hopefully, you know, create a little, a little cushion for us to see us through the next couple of weeks and months. That's a great idea because I think uh, Bitcoin as a savings technology is also very efficient, um, at least most of the days. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so great. I want to say the donation page uh, on my website is still open. So if people missed it up until now, you can still go and donate some Satoshis or a small fraction of Bitcoin uh, to the school. As you just heard, they are going to save it for worse days. We were also talking about the fact that you could translate the Bitcoin money book for children from Michael Karras to Shona. Are you already in contact or are you going to? So we're going to be reaching out this week. Um, last week, we were just sort of a bit snowed under, was just trying to get everything in place. But um, we're a lot more settled this week. So we're going to, um, out, uh, we're actually on a teaching break for this week. So we have more time to sort of catch up on admin. And we're definitely going to be reaching out. Expect my email today if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited um, about that. I think there's great possibilities. We want to translate it into Shana, into Ndebele, um, we have a lot of languages in Zimbabwe, actually, although Shona and Debele are sort of the majority, you know, sort of like the main languages, but we have Venda, Tonga, Kalanga, like we have so many languages and it'd be great to be eventually able to translate it into even more local languages for the grassroots communities that are not as mainstream or that might be ostracized and don't get as much opportunities. I don't think this should be something that's kept to just, you know, the capital cities. I think the smaller cities, the towns, the little villages and, and sections, remote sections of the country need to know. Um, so the goal is in the long run to be able to translate it into even the minority languages as well. That's a great idea, yes. And I have a contact for you. Somebody on Twitter, I can't remember the name now, contacted me and told me that there is an organization or somebody doing uh, translations for Bitcoin education to Indebele. So I'm going... Incredible. Yeah, I'm going to send you the contact. Maybe you can work it out together. That'd be cool. I'm so game. We are so game. Like I said in the last podcast, like sometimes it's just about connecting with people and just like networks. There is so much value um, in a network, you know, that's non-monetary. I'm big on non-monetary value where we can just work together and build something really great. So I'm deeply grateful. Thank you, Anita, for connecting me or, you know, that you're going to connect me with this person. And if there's anyone else who just wants to reach out and connect, I know some people have reached out, but I haven't managed to respond just yet, but um, I'm totally keen on working you know, with people and exchanging ideas and building something. Thank you. Great. Thanks for letting us know what you're going to do next. All the best. And people donate, donate, donate. Uh, you hear Aura is also going to do some translation work for Bitcoin education in Zimbabwe. And I mean, what's better than that? It's awesome. And oh, one more thing. I almost forgot, Anita, if I can add just one more thing. We would really like to honor everyone who has made a donation. Now, I know the nature of Bitcoin is it's anonymous, which is beautiful because you can make a donation without necessarily having, 
you know, to put your name or your face to it. But we would like, um, we'd like to do an honor. We, we call everyone who's worked with St. Anne's or seeded into St. Anne's in any way, um, our Anne's angels. So we are creating a plaque, um, like a board, which we'll, we'd like to put at the new school in honor of everyone who has donated to make that possible. Um, so if you are comfortable with sharing your name, if you've ever made a donation, whether now or in the first donation run, we would really like to know your name <laughs> so that we can honor you and put you on our board. As we then enter the school, people know that the school is, is here because of the kindness of others. And we would really love to name and celebrate you. So please DM me or you can even send an email to admin at stannes.co.zw or just DM me. I'm, we would really love to honor you. Please. You are, what, <laughs> what's your username on Twitter? So my username is Miss Aura. So M-S underscore A-U-R-R-A. Great. Thank you. And you also find all these contacts and the donation page at anita.link forward slash eight free. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Aura. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anita. Now a short word from my sponsors, and then let's hear it from Gray about Bitcoin in South Africa. Shift Crypto and the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. I did an interview with the inventor of the Bitbox and co-founder of Shift Crypto, Douglas Backum, recently. It's episode number 77. You can find it at anita.link forward slash 77. Tune in to hear his intentions and the core values behind the production of their hardware wallet. To be financially independent, it's important to hold your own keys. Shift cares about making it easy for you to keep your Bitcoin safe. The Bitbox O2 is Swiss-made and makes it simple to store and use your coins. I especially like that they have a Bitcoin-only edition too, and I can use the hardware wallet with my phone. Check out the Bitbox O2 at anita.link forward slash Bitbox O2. That's Bitbox02. You will get a 10% discount in the checkout with the code ANITA. Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. To learn more about local Bitcoins and their people, listen to my interview with Elena Tonoyan, the company's chief of operations at anita.link forward slash 68. On local Bitcoins, you can buy and sell your Bitcoin in an easy, fast and secure way, always protected by escrow. Local Bitcoins allows you to trade directly with people like you and you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Local Bitcoins also offers a web wallet so you can trade and deposit and send out your Bitcoin all in one account. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. And last but not least, I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet to store your Bitcoin. But if you have difficulties with the technical requirements and maintenance of hardware wallets, you can use the card wallet. The card wallet is a very simple and secure solution for long-term storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. No software updates needed and it leaves no traces on the blockchain, which is good for your privacy. You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. 
The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker founded in 2014. Listen to my interview with Kai Kremser. He is Card Wallet's product manager at anita.link forward slash 72. If you order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita, you will get 20% off. And last but not least, watch out for BitcoinBlackFriday.com, your chance to promote Bitcoin adoption and the circular Bitcoin economy. Buy or sell all kinds of Bitcoin-related products with special deals on November 27th at BitcoinBlackFriday.com. Hello, Gray. Thanks for taking the time to be my guest today. Thanks, Anita, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting. I'm doing a series of uh, interviews with people from Africa, from the sub-Saharan part of Africa. I don't know if you know, I've been to Zimbabwe in, and Botswana in February this year and made some episodes about the situation in the country and about Bitcoin there. That's also the place where I met uh, Alakanani Itirileng. Yeah. Who you know, I guess. Yes, I do. Yeah. From uh, Botswana. Incredible. Yeah. A lot of work here. Exactly. Please, before we dig deeper into the situation in South Africa, where you are located, tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself. What's your background? Where are you located? What are you working on? My name is Greg Jabez, and I am an entrepreneur, very much involved in, in the crypto space. So I founded Crypto University which is one of the largest education platforms for training cryptocurrency investors and traders in the world. And I also own Hardcore Crypto, which is the largest YouTube channel, largest cryptocurrency YouTube channel in Africa, which is very unfortunate at the moment because YouTube take it down for absolutely no reason for a week now. So it, that, that's very sad. And then I also founded Kodo, which is a cryptocurrency exchange currently running in Malawi. It allow it makes it easier for people in East Africa to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Okay, great. Great. In tech, and you know, I, I've, I've been I was in computer graphics before, three D animation, web development, and so on and so forth. So I just combine all these different skills to sort of make them more useful to the crypto space. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you don't know any reason why YouTube took your channel down? They say community guidelines, but then it's unclear exactly why. Mm. You know, it, I, I think it's a mistake, but then to get it back, I don't even know how to go about it. Multiple uh, crypto channels have been taken down before, but they have been updated mm. within, say, 24 hours or a few days, but mine is not coming back. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's awful. I also saw that your Twitter handle has been taken down. Exactly. So I think it's, I, I was doing it on Saturdays. I do live streams. So I usually give people, you know, I do giveaways. I would probably give five people dollars mm. of Bitcoin each for asking good questions during a live stream. So I think because I had the, the keyword giveaway, BTC giveaway in my title of the video, it could be that the algorithm on both Twitter and YouTube was triggered and then they took down, they suspended the, the, the accounts because of the recent 
scams that are happening with the BTC giveaways on YouTube and Twitter, you know? I think that's yeah. cool. But then, obviously, YouTube is not, you know, they're both not, they support him are very bad. You send messages, they don't reply or anything like that. So it's very sad for the African community at the moment, you know, because of Yeah, the- I mean... Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. Yeah, I mean with these automated systems, as you say, they they just take it down because their bot says this is a scam. Yeah, I mean it's it's not possible here in Europe too to make like serious advertisements about Bitcoin on Google or or on Facebook. Yeah, so exactly. And yeah, if you do giveaways, I'm sure that's the reason. Yeah, how many how many subscribers do you have on your YouTube channel? Thirty-five thousand. Wow! How oh, that's that's really a pity. Yeah. So I hope you get it back soon. Hopefully, we hope we hope so. Yeah. Can you? Why? Why did you build your one of the companies, the exchange in Malawi, and not in South Africa? I'm originally from Malawi, and in South Africa, there's a lot of exchanges. It's easier for you to buy Bitcoin or crypto in South Africa than it is in America, for example, right? In South Africa, a very efficient banking system, very good exchanges. And whereas in Malawi, there was nothing. So we're the only exchange there. So it's, it's a good business opportunity, but also a good initiative for me to take crypto in areas where it's needed the most. Yeah, sure. Good idea, yeah. So, my, I mean, Africa is a huge continent and I have a lot of listeners from the United States and from Europe. Can you please describe the country a little bit? I mean, how big is it? Where is it? How many inhabitants has South Africa? You mean South Africa or Malawi? Which one do you want to know? South Africa. Because oh, this, uh, this, I mean, Malawi is also interesting. Maybe we can do another episode about Malawi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So South Africa, you know, is very large at the very, if you're looking at the world map and you look at the African map, it's the country below the map at the very end. Because that's why it's called South Africa, the southern part. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very beautiful, diverse culture, diverse people, very rich history. And, you know, it's a, it's a very enthusiastic country. It has a lot of it, a lot of things going on. Also very, very active in the tech space, you know, whether in, in blockchain, AI and or other technologies that are going on. So I think it's it's a perfect country in Africa, I think, to adopt crypto because it has all the resources that it needs as compared to many other African countries. You know, they have the tech infrastructure here. The internet is very efficient, even though still expensive for the majority, but it's there and it works perfectly. And it's you know, it's it's a very good spot for business as well for people because it's easier for everyone to travel. So I've been to South Africa 10 years ago, I think in 2010. And I was in Cape Town and in the surroundings. And I can remember that it was a little stressful for me coming from Europe because people told us you're not allowed, you should not go out in the dark or do a bike ride alone because it's so dangerous. Is this still the same situation? And how is the economical situation? I can also remember uh, there are very many poor people in South Africa too. Is it still the same now? Yeah, uh, very much so. So, I mean, obviously the, the whole thing of when tourists come in, they get advised to not go out and all that stuff. It's, it's I mean, if there's some truth in it, but obviously it's exaggerated, right? But then hmm. it's better safe than sorry. But typically, you know, it's fine. But obviously, because 
of the there's a a very very wide wealth gap so you also have a lot of crime just like countries that have the same those kind of problems but mm. you know in if you in the cities within the the big cities you know you you pretty much safe it gets dangerous the more away you, you get from the city the more dangerous it can be but i mean people live here perfectly so it's not as bad as people make it sound um mm. there is huge inequality and that's why south africa is a very unique country because i think you know everybody here in some way they're working towards making this country or uh, a lot more equal and creating opportunities for everybody that's why it's a very energetic countries with a lot of problems but also a lot of opportunities and enthusiastic people from around the world and you know trying to make things work so it's just a very exciting place to be i believe for for people who are trying to to change the world or whatever you know you have you have a lot of reasons here to do it hmm and i guess in south africa are also a lot of very young people like you between 20 and 30 who want to change things absolutely you know there is a there is a magnitude of young people that are enthusiastic about it and they're trying to do so many different things that's why you see a lot of activities with especially in tech which you know the industry that I'm involved with because of the history of this country there is this kind of energy or aura that's around that everybody especially the young people they're trying to do something to fix things you know so mm -hmm. just a very very i think it's a very exciting and motivating thing uh people from different backgrounds who understand what kind of challenges are faced by their communities and they're trying to make most of the opportunity that they have now so i love that part of of the game here mm -hmm. and when did you come to south africa about 10 years ago ah okay and and how did you find out about bitcoin and what gained your interest in bitcoin i was just i, I was on reddit to begin with so i was just going through an AMA with Bill Gates, you know, people were asking him questions. Back then, the, the, the Reddit AMAs were very, very popular. So people were asking him about, uh, hey, Bill Gates, what do you think about Bitcoin and all that stuff? And then he was giving mm -hmm. some answers. So I was like, hey, this Bitcoin thing keeps on popping up. Let me look at what it is. And then I Googled it. I think I ended up on Bitcoin.com or something. And then somehow I ended up buying a little bit of, of Bitcoin off local, um, Bitcoin, which website did I use? I think it was localbitcoins.com. Mm -hmm. And I bought a little bit of it and then I forgot about it. And then it popped up again to me. I realized that the coins that I had bought were worth a little bit more. And, you know, it struck my interest and I started looking more into it to, to learn more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And then it became more clear to me after that point that, you know what? This is has the potential to change the world, and it's addressing some of the problems that I have faced before in Malawi and, and other places regarding the banking system. I felt very empowered that you know now now I can be a real global citizen. I can be able to do business with anyone in the world because I used to be a freelancer, and it used to be a mission when I find a gig online and it gets cancelled because for the for the uh, employer to be able to pay me will be a pain for them. We were just going to be a pain in the ass. So they would be like, you know what? We're not going to do this because of payment is too complicated. And, mm -hmm. and, and I found Bitcoin and, that changed immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did you find people who were willing to give you Bitcoin for your work? How did you find those? I was finding those on 
on Facebook. So what happened was I, I met this guy called, called Paul. He, he's an American guy and he put a Facebook post saying that, hey, I'm selling some Bitcoin. If you're in this area, I can sell you some Bitcoin available. And then I messaged him. And this is actually, sorry, this was my first encounter with crypto. So I messaged the guy, say, I want to buy the Bitcoin. I didn't even have the money, but I was just curious. I wanted to just know more about it. So he said, okay, let's go meet at this hotel. And I just went on there. I didn't buy the Bitcoin. I didn't have the money, but I was just asking him questions like, hey, how about this? What is that? Can you explain this thing, how it works more? And then later on, he was the guy, after I figured it out, he was the guy that I, I ended up going back to. And we did some things together. And I, he even gave me a, a job to be updating his websites. He owned a lot of crypto domains. So I could create some content on top of it, you know, to just so that he can sell them later. And then he could pay me in Bitcoin. So that was also another kind of a, a direct community, Bitcoin community member that I got access to. So when I got into Bitcoin very much, and then that's when I ended up working with Paul. And then I got exposed to a lot more people who were in the Bitcoin space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, cool. And I guess you have a lot of friends and people around you who are also entrepreneurs. Did they see what you do and learn from you and also start using Bitcoin? Yes, of course. You know, I have pretty much, I have influenced a lot of people into crypto more than anyone on the, in the African continent with my YouTube channel, Facebook, and all these social media channels and my story as well, because a lot of people can relate to it. And, and being entrepreneurial as well, I've managed to take every other businesses that I've created or anything that I've been involved with and, you know, put a, a little bit of crypto in there so that a lot more people get uh, exposed to it. So, you know, since then, I, I, I don't even know how many people I've helped into crypto, but every now and every now and again, especially during, during bull runs, I get messages, people saying, Hey, man, I got into crypto three years ago because of you now, you know, this and that. Thank you so much. Whether they made a lot of money. Or they quit their job, they're now doing something full-time on crypto, or they became a blockchain developer, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Super. And can you tell me, how's the situation? Do the people prefer Bitcoin, BTC, to other cryptocurrencies, or are they using also Ether for like paying stuff? It's mainly Bitcoin because, you know, it's very popular and that's what people largely want when they, when they talk, when they say Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. But the more, so because this is now data, I can give you some uh, insights from Crypto University. Crypto University is the largest training platform for investors and uh, traders in Africa. So not in Africa in the world, but we have a lot of African learners. So from, you know, beginners to advanced and what tend to happen at the beginning People just want the Bitcoin, but the more they learn about it, they learn about the fee structures and so on and so forth. And then they now able to diversify so they can get into Bitcoin Cash or Ethereum, depending on the situation, just so that they can make it, you know, convenient for themselves. Like when Bitcoin is very high uh, on transaction fees, I've seen people now starting to switch into Ether. When Ether is too high, they either go back to Bitcoin or they'll just use Bitcoin Cash. So there is now a second layer or a second group of people that are aware of you know, the differences between the currencies and they're using the right cryptocurrency for the right task. Mm -hmm. So, but I guess when the task would be being a store of value and an investment, then people would use Bitcoin or? Very much so, yes. So yeah, yeah. They understand, most people understand that. But then, you know, people are trading as well. They're doing some daily activities, exchanging value all the time. 
and they're very much aware that Bitcoin, uh, BTC can be slow and also very be expensive at times. So hmm. if, you, hmm. if you're doing $5 transactions right now, you'll get wrecked because the fees are from 3 to three to $15 at the moment. Yeah, you would need to use Lightning, but uh, how how well known is Lightning now and how many people use it in South Africa? That's the question. Not very known. So, you know, I love Lightning, incredible technology, but it's cranky as hell. It's like, it just, the fact that you need to convert your, your coins into some Lightning talk uh, coins and use that is very complicated. You know, people want to use Bitcoin directly and To use Lightning is a completely new layer of functionality that somebody has to learn, you know? Mm. So I think that is the, the, the barrier to entry when it comes to Lightning. It's not as easy as, it's not, it's not that you just send your Bitcoin directly and it converts itself to Lightning. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are the first wallets that can do that. So you don't have to convert or open a channel by yourself. They do it for you. That's, for instance, the Phoenix wallet. But I understand I, it's also if I like explain Bitcoin to beginners, I always talk about Bitcoin on the base layer level and not about using lightning. I think that's the next step for people then. But it will take some time and the technology is being developed and I guess it will be there in, in some years. You said about that people like to trade and also hodl like invest uh, in money and i have interesting survey results from local bitcoins where you bought your first bitcoin they made a survey with their registered users also in south africa and one of the questions was what do you use your bitcoin for and 31 of the uh, people said for trading mm. 26% for long-term investment And a huge 21% said for lear learning purposes. I found that's very interesting. Is this something that you also uh, see? Yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, it just depends on uh, which area and also which age group, you know. People, they're more likely to get into it for as a store of value. And you also have a, a certain group of people that are enthusiastic. They're now understanding that crypto or on its own is kind of a, an industry that presents opportunities for them as business people or professionals. And then you have traders. The younger people are much more interested in trading because they're, I think that they're trying to evolve into their online way of work. You know, it's the digital economy, right? And they're trying to find opportunities in that. So when they get it, they start learning about online business or online, what do you call it? Digital nomad lifestyle or whatever. They come mm -hmm. to the currency somehow because they're looking for something that's going to disconnect them from the traditional way of work to something that they can control on their laptop. And then they come across crypto and then they think they, they starting to think that trading is one of those things. And to be honest, as a trader myself, I'm aware that cryptocurrency has a lot of trading opportunities that a lot of people can participate. And some of the people do actually get into it and become successful. So that has been an easier entry or of interest for younger people. And they get into it and they understand that, oh, actually, it's actually broader than I thought. And then they start doing all other things. And then obviously there is a smaller base of people that are just in it for experimentation. And those people are either converted into real Bitcoin uh, enthusiasts or they just die off at the, at the very same level. Maybe they just buy and give the coins. They even forget about it or they, reach, they, they get access to it later. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, trading is not not one of the things I do with Bitcoin because I think the small traders will always lose. It's a little bit like going to the casino for me, and I also don't go to the casino. So I believe in the basic fundamentals of Bitcoin and what it can do, that it's uncensorable and permissionless and can be sent worldwide. So I guess that's also a reason why you are into Bitcoin, or? Exactly. Yeah, you know, Bitcoin has a very deeper, I mean, for every, it, it, it does, it's, it, it doesn't, it takes very little work to, for an African person to understand what Bitcoin is, because most of them, they know what bad or fragile banking systems look like. You know, they have experimented with them. They understand when things don't work. So for a lot of African people, it's very easy for them to understand Bitcoin because, you know, they just know how bad and how incompetent these other traditional means of whether sending money or storing value can be. So that is the most important part and also the, the financial sovereignty and opportunities. Because in Africa, we, we, you know, it's like investments is something that most of us have never had access to at a global level, right? The good stocks, for example, it's, it's the stock market has always been there. But for people to have access to it, they had to go through so many hoops and then they pay too much money. And even to, to get involved in simple markets like forex markets, for example, here, you, you know, the brokers charge exorbitant amount of fees and there's some watch tradings that happen. And then crypto, when it came through, for me, it now completely exposed me to a whole world of opportunities from investing and trading without any barriers and without me asking for permission from anyone. So exactly. it, there's a different need for everyone. But then it just depends on what, what you've been already interested in. Mm -hmm. And you said before that in South Africa, the infrastructure is quite good. So what is then the need for people? Because I understand, I mean, in Zimbabwe, in Nigeria and in other countries, it's so difficult. The banking system is broken. It doesn't work. It's expensive. It takes long. So... Why, what's the main reason then in South Africa? You said something in an interview about bureaucracy and red tape. What, what's an example for that? So here's the thing, right? This system is very oppressive in a, in, 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 in a very indirect way. It does, not, it, it does not use... I mean, somebody would never tell you that, uh, you know, we just don't like you, then we're not going to allow you to do this or give you access to it, right? It's, it's a very systematic setup where somebody would tell you that, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to provide you with this service because you don't qualify based on these metrics that we have, right? Or we're not going to be able to help you because of this and that, whatever reason they give that's, that are valid within that institution. But then you, you would know that from... From where you're coming from, you never had that kind of setup to be able to have the, the metrics that these people are always looking for, whether they're trying to give you in a loan or just simply a bank account, right? And there's just so many bureaucracy that has to go through. And then a lot of people don't have the tools that are kind of like the, the validator, the, that validates you within the system to get opportunities. Where, where, while in crypto, we don't even have that. So there is no need for bureaucracy. And I can tell you, a lot of people re really give up on a lot of things or opportunities because of too much red, red tape in the traditional finan financial system. 
or the system as a whole, not only the financial system. So crypto just now, if you're a creative person, you're a hardworking person and you've got the greed and the will to do something, crypto really help you to be able to do certain things without having to beg or go through a lot of bureaucracy just to get things done. So that's pretty much what I meant before that, you know, the bureaucracy in crypto is, is a lot less. Yeah, I, I agree. To, I, 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 agree. I can give yeah. you a, even a simple example here. Mm -hmm, please, yeah. All these exchanges, the centralized exchanges, which are now becoming banks almost, they do KYC. Well, they say KYC, we do KYC for good reason. And all these African banks and institutions, they have also adapted to this whole KYC nonsense. And hmm. what's done. But you have so many countries where people don't even have legitimate addresses that are identified by all these big systems, right? They, they ask you for zip code, country code, whatever. And you see that some countries don't even have those things. And then it just simply means that you are not able to, to participate in that, in that ecosystem. Or you might be from Zimbabwe. And if you're a Zimbabwean person, you're pretty much barred for, from a lot of things in, in the world, from a lot of participating in a lot of things. Whereas in crypto, you don't have to always worry about all those things. Everybody has a chance And to me, that's actually the biggest, biggest game changer for crypto is that it allows everybody without knowing who they are. It's a fair game. You know, blindly, everything happens fairly and we can all participate in the system. Yes, and but the regulations are also coming more and more. You know, every, like you say, bigger exchange does KYC and, and AML regulations so that they don't get fined. And I've been... What was it? Is it Bitmax? What's the name of the exchange where the CTO has been arrested or in, in the US? No? Bitmax, Bitmax, yeah. Yes. So, so they were having no KYC and tried to like be not in the US regulatory area or, or scheme. And now they got these problems too. So don't you think that this will go everywhere and that most people are th also think, oh, KYC is important? You know what? It, 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 it's the, the whole thing, the, the people, to, to, to a lot of lawmakers, they, they don't, end, or people who work, let's say regulators, they think they're doing something good for everybody, for the world and for the society, for the community. I understand that. But what they don't understand is they're actually just trying to protect rich people and to protect their own powers. Because if it was really about uh, protecting every other citizen, then they would have come up with uh, models that makes it even possible, I mean, at the same time enforcing regulation, but at the same time not making it complicated for or impossible for certain people to be able to participate in, in, the, in some opportunities. So KYC is coming, but because the crypto um, the, the cryptocurrency community or the, the movement came to actually combat or to solve that, those kind of challenges, I think there will be reactions. We have already seen with decentralized exchanges now, right? We've got Uniswap now, even Binance, they've got the Binance Dex and so on and so forth. So I think the more KYC come, I think the, the, the open source developers 10 times ahead of the, reg, the, 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 regulation, the regulators and so on and so forth. And they understand the reason why uh, the limits of regulation and why we need this decentralized system. So I think for anyone who wants to survive in crypto, you, they should just be able to, they should keep 
learning, keep on learning and exploring new opportunities. You might see KYC on this, some of these exchanges, but if you're a Zimbabwean person, you can use Uniswap now, right? So I think there will be a reaction. There was still going to be opportunity as long as you're always willing and looking forward to new opportunities and ways that you can maneuver. So that's why we have things like uh, crypto university that help people to be on top of the game, right? You're always learning okay. new things and how you can protect yourself. You think or anticipate that the more KYC, the more the open source uh, developers in Bitcoin will like build decentralized exchanges like Hotel Hotel, for instance, and and other like also in Lightning. I mean, you cannot uh, see who paid somebody what in Lightning. So I I also hope that privacy, the privacy in Bitcoin will uh, increase. So. That's what you say, basically. You think that there will be more possibilities for decentralized exchanges to buy from there without KYC. Yes, I think that's what's going to happen. And, you know, if you're using centralized platforms like PayPal and all that, then those people, I mean, you're still going to have uh, a lot of KYC to go through. But there will be a segment of the market with decentralized exchanges where people who cannot be KYC because of circumstances or where they are in the world, they will still be able to participate. And I think the, the decentralized exchanges will grow larger than decentralized ones. We saw right now that OKX withdrawals have been suspended and you will see, you're going to see a lot, a lot more things like that where the governments are coming and attacking crypto exchanges and then people will learn that, oh, not your keys, not your money. And it's, it's just going to take one big event to happen to now encourage a lot of people to start using uh, decentralized exchanges. Mm -hmm. Now that you said not your keys, not your money or not your coins, do many people use non-custodial wallets in South Africa or mostly do they leave their money on exchanges to trade? They use, they, they, they use the centralized exchanges to trade, but simply because the centralized exchanges are a lot easier to deal with. Uh, yeah. When it comes to you know the sign up process, the the UX, yeah, the u the user experience is much easier than the decentralized exchanges. But in the other parts of Africa, mainly people use the non custodial uh, mm -hmm. wallets simply because they don't have the typical traditional local exchanges. So they use mostly they would use a blockchain.com wallet or you know log, uh, I mean bitcoin.com wallet and so on and so forth. And excuse me, I've just lost the question. Did I want to say? Uh, anyhow, so in the last month since the pandemic has started worldwide, actually, in every country of the world, did you see uh, a growth in the Bitcoin volume, like in, in, in more users, more people interested in it? Uh, during which time? During since March 2020, in oh, the last year. Yes, I can tell you that because I own an exchange. So that that was <laughs> we we experienced a lot of volumes and growth entirely because of the COVID 19 pandemic. So it was quite interesting that okay, you would that you you would think that things would have gone the other way around, but crypto saw a lot of traction here. So that was very interesting to see. Yeah, because I saw it also. There's this platform called, called Useful Tulips where you can see the volume from Paxful and local Bitcoins. And they also, from June 2020, was the first month where uh, the volume 
almost doubled. And that's on the highest. It's the highest now. It's higher than in 2018. Uh, that's yeah. interesting that, that people go to use Bitcoin. Why do you think they do it? I mean, it's, it's number one. I think there is the speculative part of it where people are looking for opportunities to make money. They usually people hear about Bitcoin as a money-making scheme, right? And then they get into it, they learn more about it, they in, they, then they realize that it's bigger than that. And then they stay in, they stay within. And then, I mean, that is, say, in South Africa, for example, that's one part. And you also have people that cannot conduct business without cannot conduct business without cryptocurrencies say they cannot be they're not able to receive payment on their online business and then they figure out crypto and then now they can they can service the entire world and then in the other parts of africa you know they have very strict exchange controls where people like in nigeria for example right you cannot people are entitled to hundred dollars per month on their on their debit card that they can spend online or internationally so you have people that now learned about Bitcoin. They buy the crypto to be able to spend and buy different things. So just so that you know, it, it largely people in Africa and in general, they don't really buy Bitcoin to speculate. They buy to use it. So they buy, spend it on something, and they move on. So there we have, that is the, the sort of the, the largest pool of people, right? And okay. the second mm -hmm. people that are into hodling you know, and so on and so forth. I think the growth in the usage of Bitcoin is in a way natural because when more and more people get into it, they get used to it. They see the advantages of it when they use it. So they won't say, okay, that was a one-time event. They are going to use Bitcoin further on in the future. Exactly. That's actually the type of traction that we need is where people are genuinely interested in using the two. And then, you know, they just, it, it becomes part of their life. Right, because you just don't want people to hold. I think the transactional mechanism uh, makes it it has it has a, a larger social appeal and a, uh, and social uh, network effects because you know people are interacting with others. So if you want to pay for something and you say, okay, it, it's difficult for me to pay you, but I'm gonna pay you easily in Bitcoin. Now you have another extra person getting into crypto. That one have to find a way of liquidating the Bitcoin or whatever. And I think that's exactly the type of traction that we need. People need to learn about Bitcoin as uh, a tool that they can use. And then once they learn about it, they start staying and, you know, keeping some because they know that they will need some tomorrow. So I think that is the, the, the way it's going in Africa. I think that's where it's going to explode even more because it's being used as money. Yeah, and not only as hodl investment as in most of the European and and uh, Western countries and in the US. Yeah, I mean, there. I understand that you rather hodl it uh, when you have US dollars or euros to spend. I also rather spend my euros, but I mean, if I have the possibility to use Bitcoin, like buy something like a hardware wallet or something, then I. <laughs> also buy it with Bitcoin, you know, because I can exchange the money back, you know, I can take the euros and uh, exchanges to Bitcoin again and have my stack back. So, yeah, I also think it's important to to build this uh, community around Bitcoiners and to pay them with Bitcoin. Yeah, I pay all my stuff with Bitcoin. So, you know, that's... All, all your stuff? Yeah. 
everything, also your food and your rent. When I say my staff, I mean my team. I pay them with Bitcoin. So your team earns Bitcoin? 100%. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah. And so what do they do then when they need to buy food, for instance? I mean, it's easier. They just have to, they sell what they need to sell. They do with their money what they want. But most people here prefer, people that I work with, they prefer to get paid in, in crypto because sometimes in the part of the world that they're in, there is an arbitrage opportunity. So they might make 10 to 20% extra more money when they sell it in their country, right? Okay. So you work with an international team? Pretty much. It's a decentralized global team. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Did we miss anything that you would like to say to our listeners not really and just thank you for for having me on the show it was incredible i would recommend a lot of people to to get on crypto university they can go to cryptouniversity.co.za it's an incredible community that we have there we have a telegram group whatsapp group it's pretty much we help fast track the the adoption of cryptocurrencies around the world and to keep people to keep people up to date with what's going on in crypto you know with all the opportunities you know crypto is almost like uh, any other market it, it has waves and different times you know different things are much more popular uh, or not and we pretty much keep people up to date with what's going on today so that they can be able to explore the opportunities today i think we're launching our smart contract development, the basics of smart contract development course for free, which people can be able to access. For those of you who do not know anything about cryptocurrency, for example, and you're listening to this, you can go to cryptouniversity.co.za, get our basics course. It's completely free. You learn the fundamentals of Bitcoin. Then if you decide to become an investor or a trader, you can also get into one of our courses there and start your journey. Great, thank you. I will put that also all in the show notes. And where can people find you when your YouTube and Twitter account are suspended? What what are you go going to do? Do you uh, publish videos on another platform? So likely my team had my YouTube channel synced with library. So some some of the videos for the last year or so are available on library. But now we're working on to shifting on Facebook now. We'll be doing a lot of work on Facebook. So mm -hmm. uh, I have a, a Facebook page, Hardcore Crypto, that a lot of people can follow. We also have the Crypto University Facebook page that a lot of people can follow. So if you, you can find me on Instagram at as at GreyBTC, uh, G-R-E-Y-B-T-C, and LinkedIn. And pretty much if you go through any of my websites, CryptoUniversity.co.za or uh, GreyJabesi.com, you'll be able to, to find me from there. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And yeah, have a nice day and a good end of the year. You have summer now. Pretty much. Right? We have summer. Yeah, because it's winter. It's going to be winter here and I prefer summer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, traveling is not possible. Exactly. Okay, so I hope I hear you again. Maybe we talk about Malawi another time and all the best to you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. That's it for today. If you like my show, please share it with your friends and hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now. Thanks to my sponsors who make it possible that I can produce the show. Localbitcoins.com, Shift Crypto with the Bitbox O2 and Coinfinity with their card wallet. Music. Start with yes. Delicate Beats. 
Idea, Content and Production, yours truly, Anita Posch. Thank you.